getting you through those long winter nights. Here comes Short and Sweet Parenting Tips. Welcome to episode 28 of Short and Sweet Parenting Tips, part one of Don't Put Off Delayed Gratification. Both parts one and two of this series will offer activities to help develop the skill in your kids and maybe even you. Delayed gratification seems to be such a buzz phrase right now, and it's common to see articles about how delayed gratification is linked to success and coping skills in adults. Some of us may even have heard of the famous marshmallow test by Walter Mischel back in the 60s. But if you're like me, I'm thinking that was so 50 years ago, right? In this technological age where practically everything is immediate and at our fingertips, has delayed gratification actually become obsolete? So to help answer that question, let's look at what the research and expert opinions say about delayed gratification. In his article, Five Strategies for Delayed Gratification, life coach Brendan Baker defines it as making a choice which limits the ability of getting something now for the pleasure of being able to have something bigger or better later. Another interesting way to look at it is in contrast to immediate gratification. In his article, The Hidden Benefits of Delayed Gratification, self-improvement consultant and author Brian Kim writes, Immediate gratification gives you that narrow-minded thinking so you only see what's in front of you. Delayed gratification makes you see the big picture and how everything you do contributes to it. End quote. That's a cool idea, that the choices we make now contribute to the big picture. By the way, every study and article in this episode will be posted on the Short and Sweet Tips Facebook page. So, back to the marshmallow test. In the late 60s and early 70s, Walter Michel and a team of researchers at Stanford University conducted a study in which they gave four-year-olds a choice. The children could have one marshmallow now or wait 15 minutes for two marshmallows. Since then, Numerous offshoot studies have sprouted up, but the original team actually followed the children from the initial test for decades. They found that in the long term, the children who could wait the 15 minutes had better emotional coping skills, higher rates of educational attainment, higher SAT scores, lower BMI, lower divorce rates, and lower rates of addiction. Okay, some of us may be thinking that some four-year-olds just might have better self-control than others, right? But when the team studied the coping mechanisms of the children who did pass the marshmallow challenge, researchers found that the techniques those children used can be developed, and parents can help their kids cultivate these skills to establish the habit of delayed gratification. So how can we help ourselves and our kids learn these techniques and change their habits? Sarah Ramirez took the techniques suggested by Michelle and broke them down in her article, Five Easy Ways to Teach Kids Self-Control and Delayed Gratification. Here are her suggestions, and by the way, it's not your imagination if you notice that these techniques relate to each other and are often two sides of the same coin. Don't worry if you can't remember the details of these suggestions. The whole article will be on the Short and Sweet Tips Facebook page. The first technique is avoidance. Hiding the temptation out of your kid's sight is the most effective way to help them wait longer. Interestingly, Ramirez suggests one way to demonstrate this technique to your kid is by limiting your own TV and social media time by putting away your device or the remote. She says by doing this, parents model the skill of avoidance to their kids. 
By the way, demonstrating a trait that you want to teach your child is a concept we explored in Episode 3 on Positive Discipline. The next skill is Positive Distraction. Researchers in the Marshmallow Experiment used various methods to distract kids, ranging from suggesting they think fun thoughts to giving them a slinky. Even without a researcher prompting them, some kids sang a song, thought of a different food, or daydreamed. On the flip side, the researchers sometimes tried to distract children by instructing them to think of something negative, like falling down and hurting themselves. Anyway, those poor kids failed at waiting. The negative thoughts caused stress that backfired because it didn't motivate. So good lesson here. Distraction can work, but it should be encouraging rather than threatening. Hand in hand with positive distraction is the de-emphasis of reward technique. In the marshmallow test, children found it more difficult to wait when they were directed to focus on how yummy and chewy the marshmallow was. Ramirez uses this example for us parents. If you've promised your kids M&Ms after a grocery shopping trip, and then you keep dangling that reward in front of them, she says it actually makes it more difficult for them to wait. Hmm. Fourth is self-directed speech. On their own, some children pep talk themselves. So Ramirez says a parent could help their kid come up with a mantra like, waiting will get me two cookies. Apparently naming the cookie as the reward is not the same as harping on all of the irresistible yummy qualities of the cookie. The final technique is abstraction. I thought this was super interesting. Some kids were guided to think of the marshmallow in an abstract way, like picturing it as a cloud. Walter Michel theorized that abstraction helped the children to cool their desires for the snack by emphasizing intellectual strategies. All this talk of cookies and marshmallows brings to mind whether or not we even should be motivating our kids with food or treats. I recently learned that this is not a healthy incentive, not just physically, but mentally too. I gave more details about this in episode 23, if you're interested. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled podcast. I've learned so much just in part one of this series. Things that apply to me, as well as ways to help myself and my kids wait for things when it would be advantageous. Keep in mind, we don't have to go overboard with forcing our children to delay gratification just because. On the flip side, it's often easier to give in to the immediate option. Granted, there are times when that is the way to go, like when you need to move quickly on a decision or an action. But I challenge all of us to practice our own delayed gratification by focusing on the long-term benefits to our kids as we instill this habit in them. We want to be the parents who are teaching our kids to be adults, right? This was a very brainy episode, I feel like, but I hope it really gave you a new perspective on developing the skill of delayed gratification in your kids and yourself. Next week, part two will cover current studies and ways that you may be unknowingly jeopardizing your kid's ability to delay gratification. You especially want to tune in to hear about the most recent study because it reveals some surprising results. And of course, part two will include more ways to develop this skill in your kiddos. That's it for this week's short and sweet parenting tip, fresh ideas in bite-sized portions.